Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Hey Kate. Yeah. I wish to cancel my subscription. To? Winter. Oh. I'm sick of it. I it, I thought it was fun at You're first. You're welcome to cancel your subscription now. However, you will have to pay the next six months up front. Oh. Yeah. Oh. How so, long will it take for my subscription to cancel? Just like, two more months. Um, takes two, two months for my subscription to cancel? Yeah, well, you know, it's... Uh, this it's, is not a good deal. Well, I don't think I read the paperwork when I signed up. You know, it's in the fine print. It's yeah, not my fault you didn't read it. the fine print. It's so. so boring. <laughs> so boring, boring. All right, this, all right. This weekend wasn't too bad. No, this weekend was better. It was better. You know what? It it made me think of that that thing that rhymes with thing. Spring. That's the one. I almost, you figured that out. I almost did it, and like, I was disappointed in myself before I even said it. And then yeah. I said it, but then I figured yeah, it out. I would like that. It's very complicated. It's very complicated, but you figured it out. <laughs> we must be related. All right. So here's the deal. I'm gonna give you a little history to introduce our book for today. Okay. All right. But before we do that, who the heck are you? Oh, I am Kate. And I'm Betsy. And... And if you can't tell us apart, I am the redhead, you're the brunette. Yes, you suddenly have acquired red hair. Yeah. Which was not here the last time I was here. Nope. But, but now is here. Well, our listeners very, can delineate uh, between the two, so that's why right. I wanted to clarify. Yeah, I know, because you've got the red-haired voice. Yes. And I have, I have the brunette voice. Yes. Yes, yes. hence the lower octave. Yes. We're going to figure that one out and later. And the blonde's out in the hallway. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Um, So, right. And what do we do here? We discuss the weather Mm. and things Um, and terms and conditions. That sounds really boring. (laughs) I would not listen to this podcast if that was what we talked about. Section one of article B4. We discuss children's picture books. That's much more interesting to me. I don't know about you, but I really like that. (laughs) It's like, wait a minute. This is a lousy time to bring that up that you don't (laughs) find it interesting. Uh, But who does? Who finds it as more as interesting as I do? I find it super interesting. I think you're the number one fan of the podcast. I kind of am. (laughs) I listen to every single episode several times. (laughs) Me too. I know. You probably listen to it more than I do. I do. You do. Yeah. And yes, so we talk about picture books and if they're classics or not. Yes, and a classic being good. <laughs> right, and memorable. Yeah. Things, we, things people have remembered over sometimes decades. And would recommend to others, would right. pass down a generation Still to generation. Still pertinent to the youth of today. And not racist or sexist ah, or homophobic or... But we have some problems with that because many of the past are. And even fewer of the past uh, starred people of... Color, let's say. Because it was a lot of white kids. Quite a frankly. lot of white people. We've been well, doing a lot of white people. Well, it was like white people in charge of white people, so let's write about white people. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole lot of white people writing for pe- yeah. white people, for white people. Yeah. But back on November 4th, 1973, let me take you back in time a little bit. <laughs> the great June Jordan was sent eight picture books starring black kids to review uh, at the New York Times. And she was a Caribbean-American poet, essayist, teacher, activist. I had to read her in college. 
uh, as part of my feminist studies. Uh, and so she did read uh, these eight picture books, and, and what she, she said about them was, quote, I guess it's not so bad to find only one picture book out of eight that you might enjoy giving to a young boy or girl you love. Walking into a fairly well-stocked bookstore may yield zero after all, or else a full-blown case of immobilizing confusion. But still, it kind of shocks and depresses me to feel as much relief as I do for the one really okay book in this uneven bunch of current offerings. So today, Kate, we're going to talk about the very one single good book that she read in that eight. Hmm. And I'm going to pull it out of my bag right now, and I feel it's a little appropriate for the day. The Boy Who Didn't Believe in Spring. Yes, by... Lucille Clifton. And illustrated by... Brinton Turkle. Yes, so for a time there, uh, Lucille Clifton was kind of the only person in town when it came to black kids and picture books. Uh... This I can sort of read into by the fact that I think four of the books that were sent to June Jordan were Lucille Clifton books. As I say, I kind of recognize that name. I don't know where I recognize she it from. She was a poet, but... I believe, as oh, well as uh, yeah, as well as uh, an author of children's books. And uh, Britton Turkle was a Quaker from Ohio who was white as white could be. But uh, he he says in his author's note that he did some research. So. We'll see, uh, we'll see what kind of research he did. This is a book that is read in New York um, every year by the teachers. I'm not sure how much it's read in the rest of the country, but I will say there were two copies of this in my library, which speaks to the fact that it may still be doing pretty okay, particularly because it came out in 1973. Wow. 1973. So take a trip back in time to 1973 and... Uh, let me know how it's held up. I'm gonna disco on out of here. Okay, I'm gonna give you a waka chicka vibe. Waka chicka, waka chicka, waka chicka, waka chicka, waka chicka, waka chicka, waka chicka. While Kate does her read, you didn't think I wasn't gonna tell you what the other books were that June Jordan was given that she did not much care for. Oh, I'm gonna give you a quick list here. See if you recognize any of these titles. This is 1973, remember? Okay. Arnold Adolph's Black is Brown is Tan. Abby by Jeanette Keynes with pictures by Stephen Kellogg. Anthony and Sabrina by Ray Prather. Lordy Aunt Hattie by Ayanthe Thomas with pictures by Thomas D. Grazia. Don't You Remember by Lucille Clifton, illustrated by Evelyn Ness. Good, says Jerome, by Lucille Clifton, illustrated by Stephanie Douglas. All Us Come Cross the Water by Lucille Clifton with illustrations by John Steptoe. I don't know about you, but the only one of those that I actually am familiar with is Black is Brown is Tan, which I believe is still in print to this day. But she did not care for it. She said it was filled of, with disconcerting inadequacies. Uh, she didn't care for any of these. You can find this article online, by the way, if you are curious. It is well worth your time. Just Google New York Times, The Boy Who Didn't Believe in Spring and you will find a lovely review. Uh, it is it is amazing. Also, all, a lot of books here that sounded really good. I kind of want to see them for myself, but June Jordan says no, so I won't. In springtime, the only pretty ring time. Hello. Oh, I thought you were gonna say springtime for, for hip 
Oh, and Germany. Germany. Nope, mine was nicer. Okay. <laughs> what's uh, what's that book there? What's that? What's that you got there? The the boy who didn't believe in spring. I gotta tell you, this is not a title I remember. Really? No. I remember it super well because it's a weird title. I remember Spring Boy. Spring Boy. Yes. Spring Boy makes it sound like it springs in his shoes and boy? He just bounces around town. Boy Spring. Boy Spring, now it looks like a spring that's actually a boy. I don't... I would read that book. I don't know that I would. <laughs> but this book, you read this book. I did, mm-hmm. and I look at the title page, and I looked at this for a good, like, 60 seconds, because I have no idea what that is. Like, it's an aerial shot looking down at cars and people, and you can see... But I have no idea. Is that, like, a jacket falling out of the back of a car? Is it... Is that supposed to be... Four exhaust pipes coming from a single car. Oh, with like flames coming out? Or is that a puddle of oil? Or is that a mangled pigeon? I... We're unclear on this point. It's it's I... a mystery for the ages. To have that on your front page, like your title page, yeah. seems like an odd choice. It's it's very odd. Yeah. All right, we're going to have to ask the... Uh... We'll put it up on Instagram. Yeah, we'll put it on the Instagram. We'll find say, out what it what is. What do you think this picture we'll is? We'll be of. like, well, back in my day, you took a raw chicken and dragged <laughs> it from the back of your five tailpipes. I don't know what you kids today do to have fun. Like, I have no idea. So, the story is about this kid named King Shabazz. Which is the most badass name. And I'm like, are Shabazz. His... I think it's Shabazz. King Shabazz, right? I don't know. I think it's Shabazz. I mean, are his parents celebrities? Who names their child? Prince. Didn't Prince name his son? No, it was Michael Jackson named his son. No, Michael Jackson named, named his son, son Prince. Prince. And I think Prince, didn't and Prince name his son King? Kim Kardashian named her son Saint, but yeah. King... I think someone named their kid King. I mean, this is I'm a pretty sure it was heck Prince. of a name. Yeah. It's... Oh, it's a great name. And You better have some pride, kid. And he was, is he's in this classroom, and he's leaning over and telling this little white girl, there's no such thing as spring. Pretty sure that's a boy. No. That's a long bit of hair, but that's this, this is 1973, my friend. I'm pretty sure that's a boy. No, that's a girl. I don't... I <laughs> well, disagree. We will put that on Instagram, right. too. <laughs> Tell us, dear listeners, if this is a boy or a girl. It's clearly a boy. It's definitely a girl. You know who that is? That's William from William's Doll. Oh. That's, oh, see, that's the same okay. whole cut. See? Yeah, okay. Yeah, there you go. All right. <laughs> so he doesn't... So King doesn't believe in spring. Right. And his... Mother, you know, tries to tell him spring's right around the corner. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, where is it? Because yeah. I don't see it. And he's got this buddy, Tony. Tony Polito. I love Tony Polito. Tony Polito. Tony Polito and King Shabazz. And they hang out on the uh, front stoop. And King's saying, everybody's talking about spring. And Tony's like, big deal. <laughs> and King says, no such thing. And Tony says, right. <laughs> okay. I love your reading of Tony Polito. <laughs> I think that is now officially how one should read this book. I mean... Just like, like he's a 55-year-old garbage man who uh, he's, uh, watches a lot of honeymoon. You know, his family grew up in the <laughs> suburbs of New York, and, exactly. you know, he hasn't seen spring since 1922. There's no such thing as spring anymore. In the suburbs of New York, I wonder. All right. So... Gray hat? I thought it was interesting because King's mama says... Uh, had started talking about crops coming up, and I'm like... Crops in New York? Well, what I are mean, they? No, I figured out what she actually means by that Was later it? on. Right. Okay. All but right. I read that and I'm like, that's an odd choice. Yeah, of because words. even if you had a community garden, which they didn't have that many back then, 
You wouldn't refer to them as crops. So, no. Yeah. You would say plants or flowers. Right. Yeah. I just thought that was, especially because this is written by a poet. You know, she's. It's possible Mama lived her life in the country and moved to the city, and when refers she to them as crops. anything growing, anything as new crop. in in spring as crops. Yeah, that would make sense to me. Well, King and Tony decide that they are going to look for spring mm-hmm. around the corner, right? Because that's where they're told it is. Yes. And uh, Frog Toads totally stole this idea, by the way, for one of their stories. But never you mind. Yeah. Okay. Well, King says, "Are you coming with me?" And Tony, he turns his cap backwards and he says, right. I love that he turns his cap backwards, which apparently was a thing in 1973. I well, associate hey, that with, like, much later. pushing up his shades. King yeah. turns his hat. They are, they mean no, business. No, no. These are tough, tough... They, are, they have a mission. Five-year-olds, I would maybe say. How old? Because they appear to be very young. I wrote, these are tough kids. They must be like six or seven, and they are walking the streets of New York. All kids walk the streets in 1973. By themselves. Yes. Yes, by themselves. There was no helicopter parenting back then. This was fine. They, I mean, they walk past um, a They're together, so it's okay. (laughs) It's still... Oh, no, it's weird. It's weird. Oh, it's weird. They're they walking walk down past a... a bakery, mm-hmm. and they're getting ready to cross the street, and like... Which they're normally not allowed to do. Did you notice that, that they're breaking the rules here? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. And Tony's looking over at King, and King's looking over at Tony, and they're kind of like eyeing each other. Yeah. Like sizing each other up, mm-hmm. and like, mm-hmm. are you going to go? 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 Yeah, I'm going to go. Okay, well, let's go. They just go. So then they run across the street. (laughs) And they uh, they pass a church. I mean, it's... Which is the most accurate Harlem church I have ever seen in a children's book. That is... That... that, uh, I can't even describe this picture adequately. But the way that it's got this gate, and then you know it's like it goes down. There's sort of like that, that area there before the window. And then you've got that brown stone with the steps going up. But, oh. but the, and this might be stupid, but this thing really bothers me is that everything is like 3D or three-dimensional. You, mm-hmm. you can see the difference between like the distance between sure, yeah. car tires and everything. Mm-hmm. But the steps of the church, there's no shadowing. There's yes. no... It's a choice on his part. I guess he had to let it go somewhere. But yeah. No, um, it's true. It's true. They're pretty... They're pretty... So they're walking past the church, they're walking past these stores, they're walking past this barbecue store, and Tony, Tony loves his, his good barbecue. He just has to stand in front of the barbecue and just smell it. Yeah. That's it. He's gonna he's, imbibe through his nose. King says, sure would like to have some of that, whispered King. Me too. <laughs> I just love that you're octave, Tony. Like your octave like <laughs> drops whenever you do t- Tony. 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 I'm sorry. Me too. <laughs> <Is> that <laughs> still sounds still sounds like an old man, but all right. So fine. then they pass these apartments and they get to this abandoned lot mm-hmm. that has a an abandoned car. Like there's no wheels, mm. nothing. It's just an abandoned car. Just in there. Um, in the middle of this lot, and then they hear not a noise, the noise. Oh, which is very that's good. I mean, the writing is. I mean, you can tell she's a poet. There's just mm-hmm. so many ways that she phrases things. Like, the the car, for example, it says, you know, it, so it was 
So let me just read the whole thing. Okay. Just after they passed some apartments, King Shabazz and Tony Polito came to a vacant lot. It was small and had high walls from apartments on three sides of it. Three walls around it and right in the middle, a car. It was beautiful. Beautiful? But it's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, it is beautiful. It's bright. It's, it's red amongst all this gray. So mm-hmm. that's like your first... It pops. It's your first pop of color. Mm-hmm. And they start walking towards it until Tony almost trips over something. And Well, first of all, they hold hands, which, which is, is adorable. Which is great. Which is so great. They're not that tough of guys. King looked at Tony and grabbed his hand. Yeah. And so they... And Tony goes... Right. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. He goes, right. So, no, that sounded like a cockney rhyming slang guy. That's, uh, you were right before. So, they walk very slowly across the lot, and then Tony trips, and little pointy yellow flowers are sticking up, and King laughs, Man, I think you tripped on these crops. So, that's where I was like, Oh, crops yeah. means flowers. Means flowers. Yeah. I've never heard that term, but I'm not going to say that it doesn't exist somewhere. But it's an interesting... It have, yeah, it's an interesting choice. Yeah. For, for it's language. It's I trust her completely on this. That people used to call them crabs. And then Tony... And they're little, they're little crocuses, yeah. And Tony's like, they're coming up, man. The crops are coming up. Okay, look at his hand. He's clearly doing that Italian gesticulation with one of the, the hands. Crops like, the crops are coming up. up. Yeah. <laughs> like he's a tiny godfather or something. Yeah. <laughs> and then they hear these birds fly out of the car and up uh, the wall of an apartment. Mm-hmm. And so they check to see where these birds came from. And in the front seat of the car is this beautiful nest with four light blue eggs. Blue. Yeah. I mean, they, she even emphasizes blue. blue. Yeah. So and, robin's and, eggs. And it, exactly. Clearly. Yeah. yeah. And at that point, King is like, man, it's spring. Like, he found spring. This is the first evidence... Well, I would actually say the flowers are probably the, the flowers first actually were the first evidence yeah, of but, spring. But this is, like, the growth, real... But... Yeah. And he's taken off his glasses, which I think is key. The sunglasses are off. If only Tony could have taken off his hat and yeah, put it to his chest. Yeah, he should have put his chest. He totally should have. That, <laughs> that would have been awesome. But he didn't. But he did. So, so <laughs> listeners know. And then all of a sudden, you hear... Anthony Polito. <laughs> Sorry, it should be Anthony. Anthony. Anthony Polito. And they turn around and it's Tony's older brother, Sam, standing at the edge of the lot, yelling at him, saying, Man, mom's gonna ki- ma's gonna kill you after I get finished, you squirt. But so you know, there's all this drama going on with the brother yelling at his little brother. There's going to be a fight, potentially, but through all this drama, there are these beautiful... The illustrator made a very smart choice and just let spring explode on the page. Yeah, it's in the sky behind them. I mean, because this is what the kids are thinking about. They're not thinking right. about, you know, this Eggs older brother. Or, or, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, they're, not, they're not paying attention. They're not worried yeah, about yeah. the threat of danger. Right. Or any consequences. All they could think about is spring, and it's just blown up in watercolor on these Which pages. I can identify with. Because we don't have it right now. And that looks super good. It's beautiful. It's it was very a very beautiful. smart choice. Mm-hmm. And at the very end, spring is here. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, that was King. No, was King, King, King looked at yeah. Tony Polito and took his hand, which was I adorable. And he says, spring is here. He whispered to Tony. Right. <laughs> Whispered Tony Polito back. <laughs> Tony is such a sidekick. 
he is a sidekick. He's totally a sidekick, yeah. And that's, that was, like, the perfect way to end it. And I was reading on the very last page, it gives, like, the um, explanation, or the mm. summaries of Lucille and Brinton Turkle. Yes, Brinton. And, and it says, Lucille Clifton, the mother of six, she currently lives in Santa Cruz, California. And I was like, um... So I looked it up. No, she died in 2010. So this yeah, is yeah, yeah, a... yeah. There's no currently about this. Yeah, this I believe you're holding in your hands an actual 1973 edition, which is still circulating in my library. That's cool. Um, yeah, because they and found then, it real well. And the and the illustrator, like helped this book helped him rediscover New York by sketching boys' jackets and tennis shoes and buses and traffic lights. That's what I'm talking about. He did his research. He oh, yeah. clearly he, oh, sat he said, down He said it required as much research as some of his historical books. Yeah, which, which is, I totally believe because, which this is by now a historical book. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> this is historical 1973 Harlem. Um, I have seen photographs from that time of lots like that that would have like the car in the in the lot and that's mm-hmm. that's all gone now you can't find any of that now but uh oh but just like the the just the people walking down the street like the people who were sitting in the wind like they go past a cafe and there's people sitting at the little round tables at one point the hair the clothing just the fact you just have like these people just like talking on the street like living their lives i should have looked this up um Macomb for Congress? Oh, that yeah, Macomb or Macomber? I have no idea who this is. Okay. And uh, the internet's not helping. So if anyone knows, yeah. So if anyone who can is identify. running for Congress and why this white woman supports him, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> we would be fascinated to know more about the politics of the era, in specifically New York City. I mean, it's an interesting choice to add it to the illustrations because you know it's going to date the book. But, yeah. But, I mean, so is the clothing, so is everything else, so... Though, yeah, it is amazing. It's, it's, there's a fascinatingly lack of afros. I was expecting more afros, and there's actually not as many of them as I would expect from a 73 book. More on the street than in the kids' yeah. classroom, I'd say. Yeah, there's, but I mean, not... King does, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and there was a, there was a guy I saw in, sitting in the cafe. In the cafe, the guy in the cafe, yeah, yeah. He, he has one, but, yeah. but, yeah. And some it's... thick sideburns oh and she does oh, yeah. too in the cafe oh yeah 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 I she's like more of a fro than he does yep anyway yeah it's it's of its era yes but and especially with the language too to a certain extent like the way that king talks it's very very cool for the time but a little dated a little dated right right <laughs> exactly <laughs> it actually reminds me of and i i am actually appealing not to you kate because you wouldn't remember but to our listeners there was a sesame street short about two kids. They were crime solvers. It was a animated sequence. I cannot remember the name of it to save my soul. You realize the only person who's going to write in is going to be mom who remembers it. However, <laughs> um, I still would like to appeal to people if anyone can remember the name of this, because this reminds me of that. Um, he, he looks almost exactly like, like that, the boy detective character from that. Hmm. But I cannot for the life of me remember what it was. So we've never done Lucille Clifton before, and nope. I thought this this was a good one. She, boy, she just did a ton of books, uh, particularly children's books. You know, she was an American poet, writer, educator from Buffalo, New York. Uh, she was the Poet Laureate of Maryland. Uh, she was a finalist twice for the Pulitzer Prize for Poetry. And she did the Everett Anderson series, which is out of print, and that someone needs to bring back, because it's... Very, very timely. It needs new art. 
and it was the first picture book I ever saw that dealt with what you do when another kid in your class is being abused, which I had certainly never seen, hmm. ever done in a picture book before. Britton Turkle, meanwhile, I might have mentioned, white Midwestern Quaker. Mm-hmm. Um, From Ohio, you said. Yes, he went to a meeting with a girl that I went to college with. Huh. Um, that is how I first learned about him, because he did a whole series about a little Quaker boy in the past, the way past, uh, named Obadiah, for which he won himself a Caldecott honor wow. once. So he did get at least one honor. There was a 2016 entire showing of his work at the Arrow Carl Museum, um, which I am sad I only just now heard about. And he wrote the super creepy Do Not Open, which I highly recommend. If you ever want to see this kind of artist do creepy stuff, it's very fun. Interesting. Quite good. This book, you know, outside of New York, I wasn't sure if anyone had heard of it, but the 2014 NPR education team, apparently there's an NPR education team. Good to know. Good to know. Included it on their list of a diverse summer reading list for kids. Summer. No, yes. No, no. Well, no, no, no. I know it's about spring, right? You but need... it gets on summer reading lists all you, the time. No, you need to read this in spring I because know, right? we are like we are at the end of it. We are we're at the end of winter. We're just barely hanging on and getting yep. through, and we need the pops of color. We need the growth. We need blue eggs. We need whatever we can get our. <laughs> we definitely need blue eggs. We I'm need whatever go home we can get... die some right now. We need whatever yeah. we can get our hands on to Pretty make much. us feel like spring is literally right around the corner. Yeah. Like he found it. So yeah. I, I would, would I, I don't think this should be a summer book. I would agree. It doesn't feel summery at all. No. So boo NPR. We disapprove of your choice. <laughs> They're all idiots. <laughs> over there. It's a national public radio. Whatever. Uh, ratings time. Right. Right. So, so as I said, hmm. I don't really remember the title very well. Um, that's just the title, though. The, but maybe that's just me, because mm-hmm. I, unless it's like something... I will say, I remember the title enough to look it up, because I was like, oh, what was that one about spring? Oh, right. And then I remember like, it. boy again. doesn't remember spring. Boy can't find spring. No. The boy who didn't believe Boy who didn't believe in, in spring. spring. Like it's the thing you wouldn't, like it's the Easter bunny or something. Oh, sorry, people. Did I spoil that? I did. Oh, boy. So having said that, Mm. I think that this is a very sweet book. Mm -hmm. I think it has the pop of color that we need, especially during March. Yep. I love her writing and her her choices about saying that the abandoned car is beautiful Mm -hmm. and emphasizing how blue the eggs are. And Tony Polito... Oh, he's like my godfather. You know, he just, he turned that hat <laughs> you backwards. Don't, you don't he smelled have a the buns and it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Gift so the ring. Yeah. I, I, so I would give it a 6.5. I would give it a 7 if it had a better title. <laughs> and I disagree about the title, so I was going to give it a 7. So oh. I'm the 7 that you would have been well, then had I... the title been different, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I, then this is definitely a classic. This is definitely a classic. Yay! Yay! This is the the uplifting thing that we need to get us through the next exactly. Few See, did months. I not find a good spring book? <laughs> I did find a good spring book. Yeah. Yay! This is a good spring book. Marvelous. Yeah. Good. Good old Tony. Exactly, Tony. I mean, I know the main character is King, but Tony's got a soft spot in my heart. So. Yeah, I like them both. They're pretty good. <laughs> They're pretty good. All right, letters time. Ooh, it's we been a while. Have, we, it's been a little while. We have a couple good ones. First up, this comes from Amanda. And she says, oh, I should mention that she is with Anik Press. With who? Anik Press. Now, this is a, a publisher. Uh, a publisher of a certain book called uh, The Paperback Princess. 
Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, I like that logo. chick. Yeah, that logo, I did not realize. The logo of the company is that last shot of her in silhouette. Like, you know, that nice. kind of like little jiggy thing yeah, that she yeah. does. Yeah, It took me forever to figure that one out, <laughs> uh, which is to say when I was writing up the show notes for <laughs> that show. And she writes, and she says, I loved your recent Paper Bag Princess show. I'm mighty Kate, glad you and Kate gave the book two thumbs up. We're going to be celebrating the book's 40th birthday next year. Whoa, 40. Yeah, I guess it's 40. Wow. So the book is basically... You. No, I'm 41. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> I will be 41. I'm almost 41. Uh, and I'm gathering endorsements from as many folks as possible for potential marketing use. I'd like to use, quote, best book ever, unquote. Kate's post-read <laughs> first reaction. I'm also partial to she is a strong... Full of gumption woman. Mm -hmm. Can you please let me know if that's cool? Is that cool with you, Kate? That's totally cool. All right, she it is, is cool. You got it. You have to make sure gumption is in there because she's yeah. full of it. She's, yeah. Not like full not of Not chutzpah and not no, sass, no. but gumption. Kate, yeah, gumption. She's very gump. <laughs> like I always say. Oh, that's cool. I'm going to, oh, I'm yeah. part of some marketing there material. There you go. See, oh, nice. I love being part of marketing material. <laughs> it's on me. Alright, next one comes from Stephanie. Ah, the third sister. The third sister, who says, Dear number one and number two sisters. I am number Clearly one. Clearly number one. Yeah, yes. I am number one. Yes. I was born first. I'm number one. So I think there's no <laughs> doubt in my mind. One big four. Also two. alphabetically comes first. So there you go. In all Dead. possible ways. Ha <laughs> ha. I am very excited about the idea of you doing a Mercer Mayor book. Uh, who do I want So we haven't done one yet. Nope. It's kind of a moot point. Um, okay. but, but I figured to bring it up anyway. My favorite one from my childhood of the later 70s and 80s was Professor Wormbog in Search for the Zipper Rumpazoo. I've never Was that heard like of this. someone who taught at never. Hogwarts? Yeah. <laughs> I, I had a hard time saying, I'm going to say it again. Zipper Rumpazoo. Okay, now it came out ah, far more. Tippingly on the tongue. Yes. Trippingly off oh, the tongue. Tip trippingly? Tippingly <laughs> off the tongue. Yeah, tipped over. It's, it's the tip like of your tongue. Like it was on my tongue and it went, ah! That's the tip of your tongue. So it it fell off and you heard yeah. it. Okay, I'm going to go with that. I'm not sure if it is in the Little Critter series of books, but it was the first Mercer Mayor I ever read and I still adore it to this day. I think many of us have our favorite Mercer Mayors from our childhood. Uh, mine involves a yellow-bellied swamp creature, but I don't know if I can do it. Um, but we may do the little critter one. That 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 might happen. We'll see. Jenny uh, finally wrote in, and she. This is about Harry the Dirty Dog. My two-year-old son does not understand the premise that it was one dog all along. Hence, Aww. he insists on calling the book Harry the Dirty Dog and Cleany the Clean Dog, <laughs> which I thought was pretty darn funny. That's cute. That is cute. I like that a lot. Cleany, Cleany, <laughs> you. Uh, you grown up things we like. Ah, uh, yes. What do you what you got on the so, old platter? I I okay. This is kind of cheating because I'm pretty sure I did this like like months ago. Okay, but, that is cheating, in fact. But, but the new season of Queer Eye is on Netflix. Well, it is new. It's it, a new series. It's new a season. new season. It's a new season that counts. And, Not all new seasons are good. And you know what? In these troubling times that we're having it's nice to have something to make you laugh and appreciate uh, in america where we all love one another and can accept one another we need to in these days okay I'm done. I, I just 
It came in too late, too. I should have done it like the minute you said these cold names, but I, I missed my cue, so. So it's that, and my other uh, grown-up thing is that I worked tirelessly on a birthday present. You did. For um, our, I don't know what you're calling him this week, the uh, the Duke. The of... resident theremin expert? Ah, uh, what? Theremin. Well, isn't that Yeah, the it was where you put your hand over the thing and it makes... Okay, yeah. Yeah, I can't like a UFO. Yeah, yeah, yeah that so, guy, yeah. So I collected 50 or so people's uh, videos. I asked everyone to record themselves answering a few questions. I cut and paste all these videos into one big one, and then my computer died. Yeah, it did. So then I had to go buy a new computer. This is why we didn't have a new show, folks. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So my computer died. It hit. It kicked the bucket, yeah. and I bought a new one, and then I had about four nights to pull it back together. Yeah. So that is done. So if ever you need a birthday idea for someone that you like, ask all their friends and family to answer two or three questions, like where do you see them in five years? If you could get them anything, what would it be? And what's your favorite memory of them? And then put all these videos together. I did an iMovie just because I don't know editing. Right. So, and iMovie worked great. And, and then kill your computer. And then, and then buy a new computer. Buy a new one and do and it then, all and over learn, again. Learn the program, because you don't know how to use mm. it, and then put all the videos together, and there you have a really cool birthday gift. Very good. Bada boom, bada bing. I will follow it to the letter, that advice. <laughs> Tabulous. All right, my grown-up thing we like uh, was the death of Stanley Donut. No, I did not like that he was dead. Hmm? Uh, Stanley Donut, he directed tons of famous movies, and he died recently, which is surprising because I was amazed that he was still alive. For example, he did uh, Funny Face, a movie starring Aubrey Hepburn, which is currently... Uh, that You know that huge poster, French poster in my bathroom? Yeah. That's Funny Face, that yeah. one right there. Had Kay Thompson, who wrote Eloise, was in that. Oh. Did the Think Pink song. There you go. Worth seeing. <laughs> Very pink. Okay. Otherwise not a great film. <laughs> but he did Charade as well, which was a really cool, also Audrey Hepburn, uh, kind of like spy noir, very, very Alfred Hitchcock-esque thriller. I highly recommend that people check out the DVD, particularly the one where Stanley Donan is doing the commentary. He's doing it with the screenwriter. But it sounds like two crotchety old men, kind of very Statler and Waldorf, uh -huh. especially <laughs> at the moment where... <laughs> One of them's going to, like, say what the ending of the movie is in their talk, because it's a commentary, right? Mm -hmm. And the other one's like, don't give away the ending. And he's like, what are you talking about? They're listening to the commentary. They, they clearly know what the ending is. Like, maybe they don't. And, like, they get into this huge fight in the commentary as to whether or not they should give away the ending of the film. I love it. I love weird commentaries. So, yes, if you ever have a chance, listen to that one. It is worth it. Interesting. And that's my grown-up thing I like. Cool. Yay. All right. All right. I'm glad you did a nice, uplifting book today. Thank you. Thank was, you. I needed the color. Oh, good, because the next one has no color at all. So. What? Oh, wait. Not at all. We're not going to have any color? It, it'll be pretty. I hope you like black. What? So I've been Betsy. Okay. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8 Kate. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our resident theremin expert is Drew Atienza. 
Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird and does not reflect the views of School Library Journal.